Thanks for tuning into the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that cultivates hope, generosity, and validation of self and others. Here at the Happiness Playbook, we believe life is a team sport, and we're all in this together. So let's join forces as we focus on the positive and share tips and practices to improve your happiness game. I'm your host, Marie Florence. Last week was part one of my interview with Ryan Bailey Boro. There was so much goodness that we couldn't cut any of it out. So we'll hear more from her this week in part two of the conversation. If you missed last week, do yourself a solid and go back and listen to episode 83 so you get the whole conversation where we learn about Ryan's artistic talents and challenges with eating disorders and how play theory has played a part in her journey. Last week, we were blessed by Ryan's candid discussion about her journey with eating disorders. She was vulnerable, open, and so generous in sharing her struggle with these eating disorders. Although her experience is unique to her, eating disorders are very common. According to the National Association of Anorexia Nervosa and Associated Disorders, 42% of first to third grade girls want to be thinner. Oh man, that breaks my heart. 81% of 10-year-old children are afraid of being fat. 46% of 9 to 11-year-olds are sometimes or very often on diets. 35 to 57% of teen girls engage in crash dieting, fasting for weight loss, self-induced vomiting, diet pills, or laxatives. And I'm surprised actually that that number is not higher because once they get into college, um, during in one survey, they found that 91% of college women admitted to controlling their weight through caloric restriction, or what we know as diet. And all of the good science talks about how true weight loss comes from adaption of actual behaviors and long-term choices, not just a short-lived diet. We usually come right back and gain the weight back if we do that. And I, I experienced a lot of these things. I shared some of my struggles with an eating disorder called orthodoxy that I didn't know that I was experiencing, but Ryan enlightened me. Things changed for me after my mom's death, which occurred a few days after my marriage when I was in my, my early 20s. I just didn't have the mental capacity after my mom's death to keep struggling with my food or my, my physical appearance like I had been, and I gave up on my ideal body goals. My mom's demise had sent a penetrating shard of awareness through my soul, and for the first time in my young life, I stopped taking the gift of my body for granted and felt true gratitude for the gift of life. I accepted where I was, and with a new focus on health instead of a number on a scale, I began to build better eating habits. Lo and behold, as I chose nutrition instead of calories, I ended up dropping the extra yo-yo weight that had plagued me all throughout my college years. And one last thing I want to share before we get to the second half of this interview with Ryan. Uh, Later on in my life, after I had had my first child, your, your body goes through a transformation when you have children, and I was struggling with some extra baby weight, and I was also struggling with some of the same mental challenges that I'd experienced earlier in my life. 
And my daughter, she wasn't really talking yet, but she was a toddler. And I was frustrated that I hadn't gotten back to my pre-baby weight. And I remember one morning really vividly, I was standing in front of my full-length mirror in my bedroom, and I was just in my skivvies, and I was berating myself with negative self-talk in a misguided attempt to motivate myself to lose those last extra pounds from the pregnancy. And as I was spewing these hateful words at myself, I saw my sweet, perfect baby girl reflected in the mirror just behind me, intently watching. Her face revealed how hurtful my words really were, and I was struck by the absolute inappropriateness of my behavior. I would never talk to her that way. I would never talk to any other human that way. I realized in that moment that I was modeling a terrible behavior to my innocent child, and I committed to stop and not talk that way again. Looking outward at her needs was the rocket fuel I needed to fully turn myself from the years of bad habits and negative outlook I had been practicing. As I learned to think of food as a tool or fuel and not a punishment, it became part of my life celebrations and helped me feel a part of community while still meeting my body's needs. Have any of you struggled with eating disorders or known someone who is currently struggling? When you spend too much time thinking about body image, weight, or food, it interferes with our happiness, relationships, and friends, family, and productivity. It can lead to life-threatening conditions. And on that note, let's get to part two of this very important interview with our friend Ryan Baileywara. Yeah, it's, it's not a new phenomenon. I remember I had a friend who, she, her coming out with having an eating disorder happened when she had to let go and play and laugh at the fact that she had an x-ray of her toothbrush in her stomach because she had been trying to make herself throw up mm -hmm. and it actually swallowed the toothbrush and had to have surgery. And everyone was, you know, it came out as, oh, why did you have to have surgery? You had to have emergency. What's going on? And she just didn't want to keep up with the lies. And so yeah. she said, well, this is what actually this happened. This is the truth. <laughs> and I loved it because then she just let go and play. And she's like, you want to see a picture of the x-ray? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's your wild. toothbrush. Oh my goodness. But that was the beginning of her journey yeah. of, of being able to change and control and overcome something that was a real challenge. Yeah. Well, and, and change and overcome and all these words are, are so true. And they're kind of like taking me back to, I, I mean, I went through so much therapy. <laughs> this eating disorder. Awesome tool. <laughs> it is an awesome tool. tool. I, I mean, I've had therapists after therapists and intensive outpatient eating disorder treatment centers, you know, the works. There are a lot of resources available. There are. So don't be hopeless. If, if you're out there listening to this, struggling with this, just get in touch with somebody that has some understanding of it. You can reach out you know, on the internet, there's, there's places you can talk to therapists. So. Mm -hmm. I also have some links on my Instagram. We can put those on the show notes Perfect. Yeah, or we'll put Ryan's Instagram on the show notes. So yeah, don't give up. Yes. Uh, that is a huge thing. And I remember being so frustrated that I did, wasn't able to overcome this after, you know, a month of therapy from one therapist or something like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. You're like, okay, I have this problem. I'm a idiot. Let's do something. Yep. Boom. Yep. And then I wasn't over it. And it was like a mind over matter, Ryan. Come on, you got this. And that's just, it, it, it didn't happen like that. You know, it took a long time. And I think the biggest thing that helped me was being able to let go 
of, you know, like the expectations I had or the rules that I had set up in my brain that I needed to follow. Well, you talked a little bit about this before we started recording about how it's not just, we, we associate with body image, yeah, but it's not just that. It also, you can fall into this trap of having this place you can control. Yeah. It's the one thing you feel like you can control in your life and it almost becomes your identity. And so when it's gone, you're like, who am I? What do I do with my life? Right. And I'm sure that's where therapy would help. Yes. 100%. It did. Very interesting. And and we're not going to make this a podcast about eating disorders and there's no way we could cover the whole topic. It's we're, a lot. We're, yeah. yeah. We're hoping just to share that it's a very real struggle. It's out there. And also talk a little bit about how this mindset or paradigm of play theory and these four principles, they can help you be open to taking the steps that you might need to start a journey towards recovery. Yeah. And also maybe give you tools to be better able to look outward at someone that is struggling with this. <laughs> if you don't struggle with it and you know someone who does, you might look down your nose at them if that's not your, your battle. Yeah. I, and I think that's so true. Like I, I, this is a specific example example and I love my mother very much. And this is, uh, she did such a good job helping me through this, but there was a time, a growing period <laughs> where, I mean, my poor mother didn't know how to help me mm. and we tried quite a few things and it was kind of a frustrating time. But I think the main outcome from that was not to give up to mm-hmm. keep persevering and there are books that can help you understand what your loved one is going yeah. through yeah. And, and she is a go-getter she read all the books she now recommends them to all her friends who have daughters mm-hmm. who have eating disorders like it really was such a life-changing experience for both of us uh-huh. I think and she was there with me every step of the way I think that's important to recognize too you might start on a journey and, and you might think okay I'm going to start and I need to go from A to B let's do it like you said <laughs> But that might be all the way through the whole alphabet before you get there. Yeah. And we can, I've heard something and I'll get this wrong, but a, a major league baseball player to make it in the hall of fame, he's only going to hit like one out of five balls that are thrown at, at him. Mm-hmm. And if we took that same idea into our life, okay, you're going to swing and miss, yeah. but stay in the game. Let go of, oh, I struck out that, yeah. that time up to bat, but stay in the game. So let go that, that idea didn't work, but maybe I learned something about that didn't work. Now I'm going to try this door instead. Yeah. You can still be progressing, even though it's not that direct path you might think you would have taken. Yeah. And I, one of the things I still bring with me every day from the, all the therapy that I had was that getting better at something, right? Or overcoming this eating disorder, um, recovering isn't an up and up process, right? You're going to have highs and lows. You're going to have plateaus for a while where you can't seem to make any headway. So so on the graph, you might start low and at the end of it, you're going to be higher, but Mm -hmm. you're saying there's going to be a zigzag or some flatlining. Oh yeah. And when you're in the middle of one of those dips, (laughs) it's going to be pretty discouraging. Very discouraging and very frustrating. And, And I think there were a lot of times where I kind of gave up for a little bit. And, but I think the, the, the thing that got me to a full recovery where I am now at the very end was that even if I gave up for a moment and you're like, you know, I can't do this anymore. There was still that driving force in the back of my head that said, I want my life back. You want to stay in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about the, one of the best things was eating the next meal. Yes. I think that ties in really well with that, with that let go and play. Like, okay, I I blew out of the tracks. I didn't follow my plan. And I, I struggled with this. I didn't know 
it was an eating disorder when I was in college, but I would do things like, I, I thought a calorie was a calorie. So if mm-hmm. I wanted to eat 2000 calories and they were all peanut butter M&Ms and mm-hmm. that was my business. Yeah. And, or if I wanted to eat 2,500 calories and I was only going to eat 2000 that day, I just had to run an extra, you know, so I, I found myself one Saturday night at 2 a.m. running six miles to burn off those extra calories. Because you had those rules. You yes. Those things and in hindsight, that's mm-hmm. very much an imbalance or an eating disorder. It would also be technically called orthorexia, which is kind of an encompassing general term for okay. someone who has like uh, rules surrounding food that. Yeah. 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 And, and what would happen for, to me, if I didn't do those things and stay in that rule, I would say, Oh, it's over. I messed I'm quitting up. the game yep. and I would give up and I would I'd be in this terrible place where I would eat whatever or feel terrible. Right. And then eventually I'd hate myself enough. I would get back on the proverbial horse or mm-hmm. start following the rules again. It was a very vicious cycle. And, and I wish I had had more of that let go and play. And and you shared that. So tell us more about that. Eat the next meal because that would have saved me a lot of grief. So there's a cycle that you can see with most, if not all, eating disorders. And it's, you know, the cycle of... uh, This is just a general note that any eating disorder can be fluid and change into one, you know, in a matter of days. Uh, So it's whatever you're struggling with, you know, it can morph and that happened to me Mm -hmm. and I found myself totally unprepared for what was going on and one of the tools I was given to help with this to break that cycle of failure feeling like a failure feeling all this shame to the restrictive you know period of time where you're punishing yourself to back around to that binge okay essentially because you're you're buffering because you're so (laughs) upset exactly yeah it's really cyclical to break that cycle, it took it took a minute and it was a solution I was kind of angry at because it felt like it was breaking all my rules and making it, you know, it, it felt really counterintuitive to what I wanted to do. But you had to let go. I had to let go. And after that failure, what felt like a failure, what felt like a, a bad decision or, or in my case, like a, a binge moment, I had to, or I say had to, I created within myself a space to eat the next meal so that means waking up in the morning and eating breakfast even if I had a bad day yesterday what I labeled as bad right 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 rather than going into a starvation thing or Mm -hmm. being really angry or continuing with the binge yeah Yeah, go back to you break that cycle and um for a while that was what I was doing for a long time was just trying to break that cycle and uh, it's interesting to look back and and see how I was, to look at pictures and to go, wow, I was really struggling there um, because I felt like my weight fluctuated a lot mm-hmm. throughout that time. And now I'm at a place where I eat when I'm hungry, you know, and, and I try to, instead of taking away foods, I try to add more, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. Let, let's add some healthy fats to that. Let's add some greens, but still I'm going to eat that that full burger now without any guilt and it's it's very much a um a letting go of of judgment Mm -hmm. on yourself and and also just becoming more in tune with your body right well I can I can see some acceptability because you're accepting yeah my body needs fuel one of the things that helped me it was was this idea that I I would stop using 
food as a reward. You can still do that sometimes, but yeah. I was using it as a punishment and as a reward. Yeah. So I tried to get out of that by acknowledging that my body needs food. So it is fuel mm-hmm. and I, I can serve my body if I'm more thoughtful about the fuel or food I put into it. And 100%. So, um, you can you can think about it that way. And so you're accepting, yeah, I, I do have a physical body. I have to eat and I can build on that. What does that look like? What you just said, healthy mm-hmm. foods, good choices. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of options within your good choices still so it doesn't have to be this all or nothing yeah exactly and all or nothing was where I was mentally yeah and being able to find that that middle ground where you know you can still use food for fuel but also enjoyment you know food Mm -hmm. is such an integral part of our lives as humans like we eat food with friends and families and we engage over it's community and culture it really is and I was missing out on all of that and now I am excited to go to restaurants and try a new food where you, that used to be my worst fear, hmm. you know? And so it's just interesting to be where I am now. And I am at, um, a sustained weight for, I, I mean, I don't weigh myself. That's something I still, I don't know if I could do to be honest. Well, I'm just going to put this in, you know, she is playing Tinkerbell, so... It's not that she's given up and doesn't care at all. Ryan has a very healthy physique and it's all positive versus this obsession. Well, and I, and I think that came because I was able to look at things with a sense of joy again mm-hmm. of like, I enjoy this meal. And because I ate the full dang thing, I am satisfied mm-hmm. instead of going, well, I have to take out this and this from the meal in order to make it quote-unquote healthy. Within your orthodoxy. Yes, exactly. Mm. And so I was able to kind of break and smash those rules I had built yeah. for myself and build just like a, a soft little bubble. Not a, That's not the right way to phrase it. But in my mind, that's kind of where my brain's at. I have this, this soft space of forgiveness for myself and, mm. and just acceptance of yeah. like... Holidays, I have a crazy sweet tooth. I love like just <laughs> making things. I love trying new things. That is one of like the joys in my life. And I'm, I found that instead of all that shame around it now, it's a sense of joy. Mm-hmm. And because it's something I feel so much like happiness about, yeah. it's, it's less of an obsession. Yeah. It's like a oh my gosh, I'll have some of that instead of I can't, but then I eat the whole thing later. Yeah, if you think about obsession, it's really tied to not being present because you want you don't ever want it to end. Mm-hmm. So you're worried you're out in the future versus being present with the feeling or with that taste or what you are enjoying. Yeah. And when you're present with something, you have a much higher chance of being satisfied by that. Yes. Versus, oh, this is so good. What if it ends? What if then it all ends? Then all of a sudden you're not with the thing I anymore. can't eat this tomorrow, so I'm mm-hmm. going to eat all of it today. Yeah, yeah. That's very so, much so a being present mindset. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. We have talked about a lot of stuff. We could go on and on. But we could. I know <laughs> next, next week we're going to talk about whether we have, as humans, a, who has a longer attention span, a goldfish or humans. You're joking. No, I'm serious. I- so tune in next week. <laughs> and because of that, we're going we're gonna to curtail this one here, even though we could go on and on. Yeah. We'll keep but, it uh, shorter and sweeter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I hope that you got some some good good takeaways, and I just want to thank Ryan for sharing and being so open and honest and some really, really great ideas. Is there anything else that you wanted to share as we're wrapping it up that you didn't didn't get a chance to say? Um, I think just to just yeah, to finish finish it out, um, 
Everyone should know that eating disorders can take on all shapes, sizes, and forms. There's not a look to an eating disorder. And so to not shame or push away anyone's feelings or make them feel invalid for what they're going through because of the way that they look or the way they might seem. That's something I think we could all benefit from, you know, just, just looking outward, you know, outward, yeah. being kind to people and being unjudgmental. Yeah, we talked about that previous episode about being curious yeah. rather than judgmental. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I oh, really appreciate for it. having it's me. It's been an absolute <laughs> delight. It's right. good to think back on all the traumatizing experiences I had. Uh, and and <laughs> know, know that they have made you the person you are today. You've, you've grown and become so much of a stronger person, resilience from that. So oh, Well, I, I just hope that's, you know... Isn't that the goal? Yeah. Isn't that the goal? Yeah. To be better because of what we've gone through. Yeah. And that, that just to wrap it up, we'll end on this. That's totally the accept and build, right? We go through life. It gives us whatever it's going to give us, and we accept it, and we try to build on it. Beautiful. So I've watched you do that in so many areas in your life, and I couldn't be prouder of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a delightful conversation about a difficult topic that so many people struggle with. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on the podcast and for being so open and generous. She gave us a lot to think about. Are you at peace with your body? Are you present with your body's needs? Do you let go and play when you get off track on your health goals? Or do you focus on a poor choice and continue to binge eat or berate yourself? Are setbacks a huge disruption that turns into a punishing cycle of restriction followed by caving in and overindulgence? We hope Play Theory can help you in your journey towards greater happiness and well-being in all areas of your life. Since eating food is essential, it may be a great place to practice Play Theory. So our Play of the Week is taken from all of the great insights that Ryan shared. We're going to summarize with all four of our principles. Be present and slow down and recognize what you really want. Are you seeking validation or comfort, or are you physically in need of nutrition and fuel? Sometimes we can be so out of touch with our physical needs, we confuse thirst or boredom for hunger. Focus on our body's needs instead of on a superficial goal. Letting go and playing is imperative to admitting if you have a problem and asking for help. It is also essential to stop the cycle of self-hatred and negative self-talk. Accept and build on setbacks and keep moving forward instead of catastrophizing and denying the progress made. Look outward and follow Ryan's example and offer to help others by sharing your struggles and successes. Ryan had a fantastic pro tip for anyone who is in the throes of this struggle. Eat the next meal to break the cycle and restore balance. Thank you, Ryan, so much for sharing and speaking candidly about a huge challenge for 1 in 10 people, with young women being the majority of those affected. We hope Play Theory can be one of the tools in the effort to find balance in this area of our lives. Thanks to everyone for listening. As promised, next week, we're diving deep into the attribute of attention. Let us know in the comments which one you think has the longer attention span, a human or a goldfish. Tune in next week to learn the answer. And as always, remember, happiness is a practice, so keep up the good work. You got this. <laughs>